This morning, I want to take a look at Psalm 28. And as we listen to this psalm being read and looking at certain portions of this text, I want you to think about how you can bring this up to the Lord as a prayer. And we'll look at some examples of what that would look like. So let's read Psalm 28, and then we'll point out some text, some sections here. Psalm 28 says, This is a psalm of David. The Lord is my strength and my shield. This is what the Bible translation I have uh, categorizes it as. But Psalm 28, it says, To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Do not be deaf to me, lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help. When I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary, do not drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their hearts. Give to them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Give to them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands. He will tear them down and build them up no more. Verse six, blessed be the Lord for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield in him. My heart trusts and I'm helped. My heart exalts. And with my song, I give thanks to him. Then the Lord, verse eight, the Lord is my strength of his. The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Now, there's a lot here. And I would love to hear any insight that you have received from the text and the observations that you came across. But let's look at a couple here. When we look at the first portion of this text in verse 1, notice who David's prayer is directed toward. His prayer is directed to the Lord, right? To you, O Lord. And you hear the tone, as it were, in his writing, right? This is a this is a a tone of dependence, right? I'm directing my prayer to you, O Lord, the only true and living God, Yahweh, the, the, the God of all creation. And he goes on to say, I call my rock. So to you, O Lord, I call my rock. So he's directing his prayer to this God, the only one true God, Right, the, the 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 creator of heaven and earth, and he's directing his prayer to him who is his rock and who is the rock. You think of a rock and the foundation, everything that is to be put on top of that rock is either going to stand or crumble depending on the strength of the object it's resting on. And so we see that that this Lord, the one and true only Lord, is the rock. And David goes on to say that if you be deaf to me, right? He says, don't don't be deaf to me, because if you are deaf to me, 
I will be like those who go down to the pit. I will have no hope. Okay? And and we have to remind ourselves of that, right? If we don't have the Lord's help, then we are in deep trouble. Right? If the Lord does not guide us, if the Lord does not direct us, if the Lord does not instruct us, if the Lord does not uphold us, then we are in deep doo-doo. We are in deep trouble, right? We will be like those who go down to the pit. We will be like those who have no hope, all right? And he goes on in verse 2, hear the voice of my pleas. Now notice here David's request. He says, hear the voice of my pleas, all right? And what are his pleas? His pleas are for mercy, and he says that I cry to you for help. So hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help. When I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. And so here David is referring to the innermost place, right? This this place of access that I have to you. I'm lifting up my hands in devotion and worship and surrender and dependence toward you in your most holy place um, my pleas for mercy right your compassion are being are being lifted up to you and I'm crying out to you for help right Comp- there's a recognition of David's creatureliness here he's the creature God is the creator he is dependent on God he needs him he needs his mercy he needs his help. Right, he's lifting up his worship and devotion toward him. You see, his whole being is wrapped up in this act of worship and prayer to God. There's a cognizant understanding that that God is his rock. There's an emotive understanding that God is the one who he brings his emotional pleas to. Right, my pleas, my groans, my cries. Right. Um, my, my, my hands physically are being lifted up to you. So this is this is a whole bodily experience of worship. This is a psalm. And so he's singing this up to God. Right. Um, his whole being is wrapped up in this. Um, verse three, if you don't, uh, you know, Lord, don't. He says, verse three, don't drag me off with the wicked. Right. Um, and then from verse three through five, um, he he kind of gives a little more detail in describing the wicked. He says, don't drag me off with the wicked, with the workers of evil. So the, 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 the wicked are workers of evil, right? And these are the ones who God is deaf to, right? So remember the comparative in verse one, don't be deaf to me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit, right? So if you're deaf to me, I'll be like those who go down to the pit, and those are the wicked, and they are the evildoers. And verse 3, they are the ones who speak peace with their neighbors while evil is in their heart. God, I I, I don't want to be associated with those people. You know, you don't hear them. You hear your people. So God, hear my request, hear my prayer. And then he says, Lord, judge them righteously. Verse four, give to them according to their work. 
according to the evil of their deeds. God, they're, they're working, but they're not working for your glory. Their, their work is evil. And give to them according to the work of their hands. Right? Notice, notice in verse 4, um, right? God, be just in giving them the 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 overflow of their work right so so notice give to them according according to their work according to their work so god god does give to the wicked now obviously we know god lets the the rain shine on the just or the, the the sun shine on the just and the unjust so there's there's an overflow of god's blessing even to the wicked uh, by virtue of the goodness of God in creation and 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 even unbelievers being blessed through the the presence and the pre- preservation of believers right in, in the world but he says in verse 4 lord give to them right so so lord give them give them what according to their work according according to the evil of their deeds so their work their deeds and give to them according to the work of their hands. So you have work, deeds, hands, and render to them their due reward. Give them what they deserve, Lord. They're evil, their hearts are evil, they're far from you. Give to them according to that end, God. Why? Verse 5, because they do not regard the works of the Lord. See, they have their works. But it isn't the works of the Lord, verse verse five, or the work of His hands. Um, he will tear them down and build them up no more. What a what a what a sobering passage for the wicked, but also what a promise to the righteous. You see, the the wicked are working; they're doing evil, and. They are going to be rewarded by God, and their reward is destruction. They will be torn down, and they will not be built up any longer. And so David is making this comparison. God, please, please, Lord, see the distinction between me. I, I, I love you, God. My prayer, my heart, my hands are directed toward you. I want to glorify and worship you. God, see that. And he, and he, and you know that, Lord. And you see that these wicked are going to get what they deserve. Verse 5, because they do not regard the works of the Lord. They, they don't acknowledge you for who you are. Right? They, they don't submit to you, Lord. And so the Lord is going to tear them down and build them up again. And I think this is where, verse 5, we have to keep this in mind and, and remember is that, you know, the wicked appear to prosper. And this prospering is for a season. But their works are going to be torn down. They will not prosper. They will not excel. They will not succeed. Their success is limited. It's limited even in this life. The wicked will perish and their fate will be sealed. And yet the righteous build and God is our rock and our foundation. And when we build, we can build something that is lasting. 
that God will bless, that will endure through generations. And even what the wicked builds that lasts, that will be given to the righteous. And what the wicked build that is of evil, that is of no benefit to the righteous, will be torn down. Will be torn down. And then we see in verse 6, this this leads David to bless the Lord, right? This leads David to to praise the Lord. This this is this 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 judgment of the wicked leads David to exaltation. Right? You see God is God is righteous in his judgment toward the wicked. And we should not rejoice at the death of the wicked, but we should rejoice that God's justice is satisfied with the judgment of the wicked. And there's a difference. We rejoice that God is satisfied in his righteous judgment of those who repudiate, blaspheme, denigrate, and minimize his holy, righteous name. And so we bless the Lord. Why? Here, for he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. So I bless the Lord. God heard me. I'm not being lumped in with the wicked. God knows I'm his. My fate is not destruction. But I have a hope. I have a future. Right? Not only in this life, but the life to come. Because my hope is in the rock. My hope is in the rock. And I hope your hope is in the rock. I hope your hope is in the rock. I hope your trust, your confidence, your strength is in the rock. And notice what he says in verse 7. Who is this rock? Who is the Lord? He is my strength and my shield. He's my protector. He's my rock. He's my strength. I recall the words of Jesus, right? Without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Right? Without Christ, we can do nothing. He is our strength. He's our strength. In him, my heart trusts. And I am helped. My heart exalts. And my song, and with my song, I give thanks to him. So notice again. This is a shift, right? So he starts off in verse one and following, um, you know, pleading and praying and and acknowledging who God is, and then verse seven, as he's singing, as he's writing, he says, "The Lord is my strength and my shield; in Him I hope, my heart trusts; in Him I am helped, my heart exalts; in my song I give thanks to Him." This is an exuberant prayer and thanksgiving to God. Right. Verse eight, the Lord is my strength. Again, he repeats it. He's the strength of his people. So he's not just my strength. He's not just my shield, but the Lord is the strength of his people. So so oh, you people of God. Right. As, as, the, as the writer, as the psalmist is writing and directing the choir, he's saying people of God rejoice. This is our covenant head. This is our covenant promise that God is the strength of his people. He does not forsake them. He does not leave them. He does not 
toss them to the side and tear them down and destroy them and forsake them. He loves his people. He's their strength. And he is the saving refuge of his anointed. See, those who are his, he is their refuge. And he will save them. Right? The, the armies of this world, the enemies of our souls, the devil, the, 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 the antichrists, those who deny that Jesus is the Christ, the beasts, those that want to um, buttress their powers against him, those people in authority who, who want to destroy the faith, these people have no hope. They have no saving refuge. Uh, verse 9, and lastly, Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Much to be said here, right? Much to be said. Lord, bless your heritage. This is the Lord's heritage. And do you not think that the Lord will keep his heritage? Of course he will. It's his. It's his heritage. These are his people. These are his, this is his inheritance, right? These are, these are um, his anointed. These are his beloved. He will bless them. He will, he will bless the seed of Abraham, those who are in the faith. And he says, be their shepherd and carry them forever. Here we have the imagery of us being sheep. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. And I just briefly want to, by way of segue, go to, very briefly, Psalm 23, and then we'll close in a word of prayer. But he says, save your people, God. Save your people. Bless your heritage. Be their shepherd, right? Um, think of the image of a shepherd going to save his sheep. This is what Christ did, right? He is the good shepherd. Um, and carry them forever. This is this is the imagery of um, even the Holy Spirit who keeps his people, right? Who comforts his people, who guides his people and points them to Christ. But listen to this very familiar Psalm, Psalm 23, and we'll close in a word of prayer after this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I hope you find comfort in these truths, brothers and sisters. If you are in Christ, then the Lord is your strength and the Lord is your shield. Maybe you're listening and you stumbled across this podcast and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, very briefly, the gospel is good news. But the good news is preceded by the bad news. The bad news is that you are a sinner. You were born into sin. Adam was your head representative. So his deliberate disobedience to God was accounted to you 
and you were born into this world estranged from God. And because of that, you deserve the holy, righteous judgment of God. God is perfectly pure and holy and righteous in all his ways, and he cannot entertain or embrace sin. He is pure and righteous and holy, and you are not. And because you are not, you need a Savior. And this Savior was provided to us by God himself. God the Father sent his Son, God the Son, became a man, lived a perfect life that we could never live, and died the sacrificial death that we deserve to die. The God-man Jesus Christ took on the wrath of God on the cross. He suffered not only on the cross, but in his life. And so his life, which was a life of hardship and suffering, but was also a life of obedience and worship and adoration to God, that life is accounted to our life when we put our faith and trust in Christ alone for salvation. When we do that, we are made new. We are given His Spirit, and His Spirit keeps us until the return of Christ. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth as we draw closer to Him with daily uh, disciplines of reading the Word of God and good books and getting involved in a local church. And we read our Bibles and we are growing in the faith. We are renewing our minds. And all this is the journey of what it means to be a follower of Christ. But before you can grow in the Christian walk, you must first come to faith in Christ. And so this is what we call faith and repentance. Putting your whole faith in Christ, recognizing that there's nothing you can do in yourself to be made right with God. It is wholly a work of God, wholly a work of God, that Jesus Christ did it all. And so you put your faith in him, you renounce your sin, you reject it, you repent, you turn away from it, and you put your faith in Christ alone to save you. And if you genuinely do that, you recognize that that was a gift of God. Even the very faith that you used to practice or to, to come to Christ was a gift from God. God gave that to you as his great gift, which he chose you in eternity past. And so there's a lot there. But this is the gist of it. Turn from your sin. Look to Christ and recognize that only He can save you. And if you do that, He will keep you to the end. Well, that's all I have for today. I hope you found this edifying to your soul and encouraging for your walk today. This is The Proverbial Life. If you want to have daily content or weekly content, you can do so by subscribing to the YouTube by by subscribing to the podcast here but also uh you can uh subscribe to the YouTube channel where there is tons of content on a variety of topics um again there's uh opportunity for you to partner with me on Patreon go to patreon.com uh, proverbial life backslash proverbial life you can also um go to the cash app uh, dollar sign, uh, Team Ramirez, Team E. Ramirez. All that information will be in the description of this audio, but also on the YouTube channel as well in the description section. All right, y'all, this is The Proverbial Life. 
a podcast where we encourage Christians to look to Christ, live wisely, and leave a legacy behind for generations to follow. Grace and peace.